It's 3.01 on May 22nd, 2014. Today is actually the 12th anniversary to the day of when I lost the gym and was standing in front of the news cameras. It was the toughest day of my life. Um, today's actually been a little bit <clears throat> difficult. I started out this morning feeling discouraged and I heard, just quit. Just quit doing these videos. Nobody else is subscribing. Nobody's telling you that it's making a difference. Uh, in their life. It's too much work. I literally just felt that feeling of just quit and get a job this morning. So I do my Bible study, um, try to encourage myself by just getting on my knees and saying, Lord, help me, Father. I just cried out and said, God, encourage me. I go, I get my insurance taken care of. Um, the bill, the amount of my insurance for six months was $511.00. James 5.11, blessed are those who persevere, for you've heard of Job's perseverance and what the Lord finally brought about. I was on my way there. I looked down. It's 11.22, have faith in God. I opened my email today. I get an email, and if I pull up the email, the email is called the Weapon of Grace. The whole thing is about uh, not giving up. The enemy is not going to let us easily impact the world for Jesus. He's adamantly opposed to our mission. And we'll have to press through opposition and resistance to accomplish our God-given goals. Grace never fails us, but sometimes our faith wanes. When this happens, we're cut off from grace, and we must fight in our own strength. To avoid failure, we have to build ourselves up in faith. We do this by getting into God's Word. And it says, if your faith is failing, go to the Word, then praise, worship, and thank God for who He is. Declare and express gratitude for His provision. Pray in the Spirit. Do these things. Keep, keeps us connected to the grace. To turn back from the grace of God is to shift into neutral and become complacent to the enemy's resistance. If we are constantly being strengthened by God's grace, we'll eventually, and if we're not constantly being strengthened by God's grace, we will eventually give up, for we cannot successfully fight our enemy in our own ability. And it just goes on and on. It says, the amazing news is that even if you are worn out and considering wanting to give up, you can still find renewed strength in God's grace. I literally was just thinking this morning, I, I, I think it's best for me to just give up. I literally had one of those give up moments. So therein again shows God's grace. I, I cried out on my knees. Here it is, him sending me an email, 5-11, 11-22. I also saw 11-11 this morning um, on the telephone when I was making a phone call. And I said, okay, God, am I going to see today? Am I going to end up at a Starbucks? Chris calls, ends up wanting to meet with me. We meet at Governor Starbucks. I shared with him, you know what, man, I saw 11-11 today. I was telling him about God's grace. He had a really t difficult morning. Why don't you give up? Just go back to porn. You're keeping yourself clean in vain. He had the same kind of morning I did. Goes to a car dealership, looks at a car, the VIN number, last three digits, 666. We're sitting there, and I said, you know, God's grace is amazing. He's asking me about, you know, have anything anything changed with my children or where I'm going to live? And I said, no, but... I know I'm okay because God's directed my steps. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't walk in today because God warns me every single time. 30 minutes later, Chris, do you remember me 30 minutes ago telling you that I bet he'll walk in today? Here she comes. We're sitting outside. She walks right up by us, right past the door outside. This morning when I saw the 1111, I, I thought to myself, God, why are you still warning me like this? And then I get there and I realize after the morning I had, after feeling the doubts, after feeling discouraged, you still feel that temptation. She could be seen as a way out. 
She has money. She's interested in me. There's no loneliness, that whole thing. I don't feel it that strong, but what helps me is seeing God's warning. Had I not seen God's warning, it makes the temptation easier to, to succumb to. And it's just so encouraging to see God do this over and over. So push past that, head to the mall, thinking about Laura. It's a place I never go. I'm always thinking, hmm, I wonder if I might run into her here. Going through the mall, get an exchange on a shirt, thinking about her. Leave, get in the parking lot, driving up the road, still thinking, hmm, I know, you know, just was thinking she's around here somewhere. wonder where she's at and thinking up just that minute, a truck, Huntsville truck pulls up, 212. Turn the corner under the overpass, the next, very next vehicle that comes up, phone number in it, 212. And then I look down and it's 11.1 miles, 111 on my odometer. I feel like God is saying, I've already given you what your heart has desired, and I love you, and I'm pleased with you. And I just felt so encouraged in my heart. Before we left the Starbucks, after Chris had just talked about give up, give up, the thoughts that came to him this morning, Chloe, this Christian girl that works there, the day before I had said, I want you to take a look at this testimony. She walks up, and it it was unknown lyric. She walks up to Chris, having just seen his testimony, and she's blown away by it. And she's so encouraged and says, thank you for doing that. And, and Chris ended up being so encouraged because there's been all this fear of putting that kind of thing out there publicly. And here this woman who he's never met walks up and is just blown away and is so encouraged in her faith by Chris's testimony. Again, it just shows God's amazing grace to encourage us. And the point that I want to finally make about this is that when you know that God is directing your steps like that, and you see that His grace is holding you and carrying you, no matter what the rest of the circumstances in your life are, you would have to deliberately step out of faith and say, all right, I see that God's encouraging me, but He's not going to take care of the bigger issue. It's a lie. And so what I've been learning is is to look at the small little moves of God's grace to encourage me and recognize that those are evidence of God's bigger grace coming down the road if I'll continue to wait. If he sees and handles the small things, he's aware of and will deliver in the big things. That's my confidence is in my God. I see him working in these circumstances. So just wanted to capture that little message there. I go to the grocery store with mom. And we start talking about God and, you know, do you know where you're going and da-da-da-da-da-da. And she's like, you know, you only got like a, a week and a half left. She And I said, well, God's got, got it. He's working on it and everything's fine. She said, well, he's going to have to get pretty busy this next week, isn't he? And I said, Mom, God's got it. He always does things at the last minute. I totally trust him. I totally believe God's going to deliver me and it's just faith and da-da-da-da-da-da. We pull into the Publix and then we pull up. I said, Mom, you see that 555 right there? She's like, no, I don't look for numbers. And I said, well, I don't either, but he shows them to me. And there it is, right there. It was a 555. As I was just starting this recording, I looked up at the microwave, and it's 555. God, again, reminded me, I will deliver you. Just trust. It's going to be really awesome because very few people believe. And uh, I think God is going to really, once again, show us his glory. I had this really weird dream last night. I just now remembered. I forgot most of the details, but... Basically, I um, am on a boat somewhere headed towards this this island that's in the middle of like a river. It's like this huge island in the middle of the river. We get up to the to the river, 
I mean, to the island, and I see all these dirt bikes and these ATVs going all over the place, and there's these huge jumps, and basically it's a recreational island. And I, we get there, and we pull up on the boat, and there's this big, like, community, you know, kind of a, it's a center there, and there's dirt bikes everywhere, and I've got a Honda dirt bike in the, that's the first thing wrong with the dream right there. <laughs> and, um. I get out there and I'm trying to ride. I, I, I haven't ridden in a while, so I'm a little, you know, rusty. But I'm trying to ride and keep my focus on on finding, you know, like. And everybody's just zooming everywhere. And everywhere I go to try to find the right direction to go, people are going in the exact opposite direction than I am. So literally, everywhere I go, people are like every trail I come up to, people are coming towards me and they're going the opposite way, and I can't seem to find where to go. So that I'm going the same direction that everybody else is going. It's really bizarre. Then I even come inside for a little while after a short ride. And I go up to my parents and my some other people are there. And I'm like, man, I just don't know what to do. I can't find where to get going the same direction everybody else is going. And they're kind of like, well, you know, and they don't, they're kind of like, you know, just not really in it. Well, we're going to go shopping. So good luck. Have fun. And I'm spending the whole time worried because I'm not going the same way everybody else is. It's funny because my life, I'm going the exact opposite of the way most people go. And it's like my mom keeps telling me over and over, you know, you're headed in the wrong direction, Michael. You know, you're you're misguided. It's unbelievable how similar that dream is to what even just happened yesterday with my mom, where she kind of mockingly says, you know, well, God's going to have to be busy for you in the next week and a half. Because she's saying, you know, God only has a week to deliver me. And where are you going to go? What are you going to do? It's just really, really um, bizarre thinking about that. So, anyhow, um, just wanted to kind of capture that before I forget about it. And everything else, my heart is still filled with peace. I still am trusting God and just can't wait to see Him deliver. And I'm just believing Him in faith, no matter what, that God's going to do something and this morning he did this awesome thing with 655s. Incredible. Today is uh, 523-2014. It's 449 in the afternoon and about an hour and a half ago I just received a letter. Uh, nothing in it except for a check for $150. A, an anonymous donation, I presume from a subscriber. And I'm just so blessed by that. That's about $200 in the last week. It's one of the biggest donations I think I've received. I normally only get like, you know, $25, uh, 50 or $100. And so this is the biggest one I've gotten so far. And it's just so wonderful because I've not done anything to my knowledge to manipulate or ask anybody for money. I have, I'm going the George Mueller, Charles Stanley route where God is asking me not to ask for money and just trust Him. And obviously it's not very much money at all, but it keeps me in pocket money and emergency money, and I'm just so thankful to God. Um, I don't um, I don't know what's going to happen with where I'm going to move and live and all that. I've only got really about 10 days left, and I'm supposed to be out. Um, and I'm just continuing to trust God. This morning was a really, really cool thing with... 655, I had seen it yesterday, uh, went and got a license plate at 655, pull into Publix with my mom, we pull up to a, a, another license plate that says 555, 
And this 655 is reference to page 655 in my Bible, which talks about what happened to Manasseh. And Manasseh sought the Lord in humility, and God did a miracle. And then it says that Manasseh knew the Lord was God. This morning, I was sharing this story with uh, my friend Gustavo, and all of a sudden, I actually before that happened, I turned my phone on. It was 6.55 in the morning. I opened up my Bible app, and it actually opened up to that exact passage. So apparently, the last time I had opened my Bible app was to look at that scripture. So that was just such a neat confirmation. I feel filled to overflowing in faith that God is going to provide. He's going to do a miracle. And he's going to show off. And there's all these doubters and people say, oh, you're not hearing from the Lord. And, you know, Mike's just off and God is going to <clears throat> show up. I don't even care about being right. I just need for God to provide for me so I can do whatever he wants me to do next. But very exciting stuff. Woo! Thank you, Lord. I just left the house. It's Saturday night, 5.18 p.m., 5.24, 2014. My mom's having several people over for a dinner party and... I told her, I said, Mom, I, I just don't feel comfortable, you know, being around your friends and stuff all the time. And I'm just kind of like a eighth wheel, you know. And she said, oh, I understand. And so I've been planning on getting away tonight. And I'm just going to go do some work and maybe go to a movie. And um, tonight, she's been being really nice to me the last couple of weeks. But she still is taking those, you know moments of doubt she has and springing them on me and she said tonight she said so Michael have you figured out what you're going to do yet and and I said yeah I told you I'm going to the bookstore she goes no I mean like at the end of next week and I said I just started singing the song I'm moving on up to the top and I was just saying I guess I'm going to have to start living that song and singing that song and I wasn't making any particular point of it I was just it just a song came to my head or whatever and then my mom says she goes you know unless you're you get adopted by like a millionaire or something she's like you're gonna really miss what you had here it's funny to hear her say these things like I'm the one that's leaving she's kicking me out basically I mean there's no basically to it we're just being nice about it but my time is up and but it's funny to hear her say all these things and I looked over and it was 5.11 as my mom was saying this to me. Don't forget, we consider blessed those who persevere. For you've heard of Job's perseverance and what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of mercy and compassion. And I've just gotten in the car tonight. I'm not feeling well again. I just have such a, a butt-dragging day with that lead in my pants from the sinuses or whatever. My right side has been blocked up again. I met with uh, Drew and Jason today. Not Drew. Gree and Jason today. And they're having problems in their brand new marriage. And, and I just jumped in with them to help encourage them. And, and um, did that today. And then just came home, tried to take a little nap. But still not feeling so well. But uh, still trusting God. Still believing that God is going to do something. It is uh, 8.43, and I am leaving Bridge Street right now, and i uh, just been all by myself all this evening, and I read uh, about 90 pages in this book about being the dad that your daughter needs you to be, and it was really informative. It was a really good book. It made me miss my daughters 
and my kids a lot. And um, made me just like, you know, God, why am I... Makes me, you know, have those feelings of why am I not more in their life? How can it be that you'd want me to miss their soccer games? And I feel like, you know, he's given me such a desire to be everything they would want to be in a father. And it makes me so sad when I think about it. But I just trust God. I know that he's doing this for a reason. And... I just keep going back to the fact that I know God will turn this all together for good and that the day's going to come when I'm going to get to spend a lot of time with them. And this book really just, you know, made me feel really so sad. It was talking about the importance of, you know, being in your daughter's lives and how much they relate to the opposite sex based upon their father and... I know I'm doing good things for other people. I know God is using me, but I still have such a hard time understanding, you know, why I can't have the kids in my life right now. I've been, I sat around wondering tonight and I'm like, am I, am I just missing something? Am I, is it possible that I've just missed God and I just need to have a normal life and have a job and quit trying to save everybody and save the world and just be a father to my kids, send their money and I had fantasies about being able to have enough money to go down and just see them on a whim. Fly down to go see a soccer game. Fly down to go take them to a daddy dance. And, you know, and I'm like, I have nothing. I have no money. It's a Saturday night and I spent $3 for a coffee. That's all I did. I didn't want to go to the movies because it's, I don't have enough money for it. And I just, man, it makes me so sad. I'm having one of those really sad moments about missing my kids. And I know I've been walking this long enough and that I know God is going to do something good in this. I know that He's been training me but my feelings every once in a while like this get ahead of me. It's Saturday night and I've been thinking about Laura as I walk around. I look for her everywhere and I think about how much my heart longs to to be with her and I'm walking all around there's attractive women everywhere and I'm just walking around prayer in prayer just whispering prayers about how much I love the father and how much I trust him and I know that my, I just feel like my day is coming and there's times when I I don't feel like that there's times when I feel like I've you know been played a fool and I've just I've been sitting around doing nothing and that this is the way my life is always going to be and nothing's ever going to be different for me. My day is never coming. I'm never going to have another wife again. I'm never going to have that feeling of intimacy and closeness. I'm never going to have my kids full-time running and jumping up on me. And You know, there's times when I feel that. I mean, it can get dark in those feelings, you know, and... It just makes me want to quit. It just makes me want to quit. It would be so much easier for me to just have a job and just be normal like everybody else. I saw 919 twice today. I saw 525 and I'm seeing 511. 
But there's some days when it feels so good being used of God. I feel good, but then there's these times when I'm like, but why am I missing my kids like this? Why can't I have a family? I normally never feel lonely and I'm feeling lonely right now. There's days when I just feel like I've dreamed so much about me and Laura and all nine kids just playing with each other and going and doing things. I think I've got so much energy to be a father. I could be doing something with my kids right now. Instead, I'm sitting all by myself alone in a bookstore, reading books about it. I have a week of being kicked out of my parents' house. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see my kids. It's hard to live like this. Oh man, it's hard sometimes. I'm having a bad moment right now. And yet, even as I, even as I cry, I know that God is going to do something with this. Oh God, I miss my kids. too long. I don't want to keep going like this. It's unbelievable how strong these feelings can be. And yet, I still know deep down inside I just know for some reason it's like I cannot let go of my faith in God no matter what it's like I have caused myself so much pain waiting for God and believing Him and I just can't stop waiting for it I can't stop believing I can't stop trusting no matter what anybody says I just believe I don't know maybe this is the dark you know really dark before the light comes I'm just praying because I've been believing for so long and my heart wants to be with my children so bad I'm waiting for Laura I'm waiting for my children I'm all alone 
And all I do is give my life to everybody. It's all I do is give my life away. I got nothing for me. Nothing. And I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I wish I wouldn't even have recorded this part. Because I don't ever want anybody to hear this. My kids and think that I'm feeling sorry for myself. But it's like that's all I'm doing is giving myself away to other people. I'm... <clears throat> You know, and it's just me and personal time with the Father, and the rest of it I give away to everybody. You know, like Jesus, He came to give Him give His life as a ransom for many, and I love the idea of doing that most days. But man, just reading this book tonight, man, it just stirred up a a hole in my heart for my kids. <laughs> I just really did. I'm missing their soccer games, and I don't know anything about their school because their mom will just has no relationship with me whatsoever hates my guts she's so angry at herself and so injured she can't even have a relationship with me I, th I feel like I've walked in darkness for so long that sometimes it's really hard to believe that there's anything good for me in the future that there's anything other than just giving my life away and always sacrificing and always doing without and never have enough money to do anything except for buy coffee and most days I'm okay with that but this has pushed me to the edge I've been doing so so strong in my faith God has just so strengthened me in my faith and now I'm really 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 struggling and really just hungry to see my kids and then I also just want to capture on Friday night that I was at Low Mill and I just don't like going to Low Mill I just don't like it I went to honor my friend Jeremiah Turner the last weekend then I went this past weekend because some of, some of my guys from the Bible study you know we're going to go it's the last weekend and I just feel like it's so worldly and I just don't like it. I don't know what it is. It's like the people there don't want to talk about God and that's all I really want to talk about. You know, if you can't talk about God, what's wrong with this picture? And I saw that woman that looks so much like Laura and I felt so tempted by her just looking at her. She looks so much like Laura. It's just crazy. Her hair is just a little more red and instead of just brown. And I felt myself wanting to look over there several times and walk by and just kind of stand and look at her as if I was trying to get a feed of a glimpse of my Laura, you know? Right now, a car's passing me with 311 on it. Song of Psalms, 311. And, you know, I just, I feel so hopeless. Like, Laura's never going to come through for you. Why don't you go talk to that girl? She's single. She looks just like Laura. She seems nice. She's sitting around a bunch don't keep waiting for Laura. Laura's not going to happen. And I don't even know her. I've been waiting for her for over 20 months. I pray for her every day and for her kids. And I feel like I was just being so tempted. The last couple of weeks, the girl that I saw up on the mountain looked like Laura. I mean, what are the chances of that? She walks right up to me. I catch her shoe in the, my videos. My video's looking down. And... You know, the temptation to quit is really strong. Don't just keep waiting. Don't don't be a fool. You're wasting all this time. 
Laura, the reason why you have I heard tonight in my heart, you know the reason why you're not seeing Laura there? Your mom's seeing that look-alike. And the reason why you're not seeing Laura is because she's dating somebody now. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, Mike, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? I think it was Terry. What are you going to do if, if she's married right now? And I said, you know, Terry, that's the thing about faith is that's not an option. I said, if it's the case, then I'll just have to trust God no matter what. But I can't believe that. I believe that God has told me, in spite of what I've seen in my past, in spite of how she's never contacted me back, how I never run into her anymore. And I think most men would think she's one of the most beautiful women they've ever seen. I know that she gets, you know, approached all the time. And yet I have to just trust. God just says, wait. And I believe that God is asking me to wait for a reason. I believe that God has something good for me. But sometimes it's so hard to believe that anything good could come out of this long of waiting. And your circumstances have gotten worse instead of better. It's exactly like what it says in that Charles Stanley book. I think it's chapter 3 on the first page. It says, you can trust God's promises. And he says that, you may have a promise from God and you may go read scripture over and over again to hold to that promise, but yet in spite of your waiting and clinging to God and wait and faith, your circumstances, nothing changes and your circumstances even get worse. And that's what mine have done. My circumstances have gotten worse. I have these hopes to be with my kids, to have Laura Brown as my wife, to have her children as my children. To have enough finances to, to protect my family, to provide for them, to, to have a, a decent working relationship with my ex-wife, to have fruit in my ministry, to, to I have all these dreams and hopes, and yet it seems so dark. It seems so, my circumstances right now are so far from any of that happening. I'm about to lose, you know, my, my entire everything else is going to change again. You know, I've been living with my parents for three years and I'm getting ready. I'm supposed to be out by the end of next week and I have no idea where I'm going to go. I have no money. I have no place to go. I don't want to move in with the two people who've invited me. It would be a very unhealthy place to go. And, I, and so my faith just says, keep trusting no matter how I feel, no matter how I feel, even in these moments, I've never once in this recording lost my faith. My faith inside God will not let me let go of it. I just keep believing that God is going to come through just like in the divorce. That God is going to provide a miracle. That God is going to provide finances. That I got $150 from somebody anonymously this week. And I think God's going to move on somebody's heart. I just believe it to provide and that all I need is finances right now to drastically change my situation. That's not going to help me with Laura, but it would help me with my children and with my place to live. I mean, the other day I saw myself living in my own place and I just started to almost just be overwhelmed with emotion of having my own place. I've been living with my parents for three years. Michael Commentary. Imagine if this poor brother whose faith is being so sorely tried for such a long time, could imagine the place that God has for him in the future. 
Imagine if he could see what God had for him, that he was going to have his own little house, that he was going to build his own little house with his own two hands, with the help of a dear brother and his stepfather. And he was going to have the most beautiful place to put it that he could possibly imagine. Just imagine this brother who has been suffering without for so long, living with his parents, being mocked, being ridiculed, going the opposite direction of everybody, missing his kids, missing the hope for a future wife, missing his finances, missing his dignity, suffering day in and day out, barely catching his breath just before he gets pulled under again by the weight of his circumstances and the reality. Oh, man. If this poor lad, he's not poor, he's just weak in this moment, could imagine the home and the place that God has for him, especially the one in heaven, but even the temporary place that he'll be able to live here. I know this brother would be so encouraged. Malachi 3.12, then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land says the Lord Almighty. End of commentary. I just want to be by myself. I just want to have my own place. I just thought about my own kids coming into my place, being on my own two feet again. It has been so hard. I don't know how I've made it this long. I have no idea. It's only, only... By God's unbelievable grace. Oh my gosh. Of course, everybody's still at my parents' house, so now I gotta put on happy face, sneak in, and see if I can get past everybody. Oh man. It is 8.37 in the morning, Sunday, May 25th. How about that? 5.25. Galatians 5.25. Um been having bad dreams the last two nights and it's all about I can't get where I'm wanting to go can't find where I'm supposed to go last night I had a little dream about me and Nathan it was so weird me and Nathan making some sort of a makeshift floating raft almost like made out of crates and I had somehow or another was trying to attach a motor on it so we could go fast and it was in this alligator infested area but I wasn't afraid because I thought I thought man you know we'll get on here and and we'll get going fast, even though this is a makeshift raft. We'll get going fast enough and make enough noise with the engine that the alligators will be afraid. And I got him centered on the front of it, and we got to start going, and I couldn't get the motor to, to go like I thought. So we had to bail on that plan, and just just weird, weird dreams. The other night, the motocross dream where I couldn't figure out how to get to go the right direction. <clears throat> Everybody was coming against me, and I needed to be going the same way they were, and I couldn't figure out how to do that. And... So, this morning I listened to part two of Out of This Wreck I Will Rise by Charles Stanley, and he's again talking about the way to survive difficult circumstances, and according to Paul, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and the way that we are more than conquerors in the face of difficulty, suffering, unmet expectations, hard times, persecution, all those things, is through faith in God. My mom keeps asking me all the time, Michael, have you figured out what you're going to do? Charles Stanley in the message this morning says it's never about asking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's always asking, God, what are you going to do? 
What is God going to do in His supernatural power to act on your behalf? Because He is the one that has the resources and He will act on your behalf. And the way we stand strong in this verse He quotes in 1 John 5 is by faith. And so, you know, there's been lots of doubt, lots of arrows coming at me. Last night was kind of a rough night for me uh, with the kids on the way home, thinking about the kids on the way home and thinking about Laura and just those all the things that I'm waiting for. And um, I'm just going to continue to stand. My character is being developed and increased as I as I wait for God. I'm, I'm developing a testimony that I can't have any other way. And I'll be able to look at other people in the eyes and say, I know what it feels like to wait. I know what it feels like to have dark days over and over. I know what it feels like to wait three years or four years for the hope to return. Good circumstances to come back. But I'll also be able to tell them all the times I can say that God came through for me. And I was, as I was listening to that message this morning, I don't feel like listening to that message. It's not like I listen to that message and go, oh, okay, great. Everything's wonderful. Now I can go about my day. No, I still have a heaviness, but I'm choosing to walk in faith in the heaviness. I'm going to choose to put my eyes on him. Literally again, just keeping my eyes on God. Lord, I know you have this. Father, I believe you're working on my behalf. I've seen how you've directed me to people's paths that are needing hurt. Why would you do that and then neglect me? I'm just looking at more and more, I see the importance of always reminding myself of what God has just done or what God has done even far in the past. Recognizing that if he'll do it in the past, he'll do it in the future. And that it's these periods of waiting that develop character and develop patience and develop faith. Your faith grows strong in waiting. So I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm sure there'll be hard times, difficult moments ahead. I got about a week till I'm about to move out. And the thoughts that are coming against me are really pretty ugly. But I'm just going to continue. I'm not listening to them. And I'm like, nope, Lord, you've got this. I think what I'm trying to do is I'm seeing the need to be naive to the difficulty of your circumstances. It's literally like you become naive to them on purpose because you have faith. And faith says, God has directed me this far. I'm in this even if I'm in this because of a mistake I've made or because God's directed me, if I've cried out to God, which I have, God can supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Enough said. I just made that last recording noticing that it was today is 525, which is Galatians 525. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'm just finish the recording a couple minutes later I just glance down and look right at the time I see 91.9 miles on the little tripometer so there it is God again continue, continue to tell me stay put he's been showing me this as my anxiety levels have increased over the last couple of days I've been seeing the 919 more and more stay put don't move off where you're at I know God has a plan it's going to be really interesting for me to be able to see why God has asked me to wait so long. What is it that he's been working on that required me to sit still and do nothing to help myself? It's going to be really very interesting to see this. Just had the coolest thing happen. Got to meet these... I'm sitting at Starbucks and this guy just walks up, this older gentleman walks up and starts asking me directions while I'm talking with Mary about how to get up over the mountain 
the outlook, the lookout. And he says he's from Miami. And the next thing I know, I give him directions, help him look on the computer. And then um, I started just asking him questions. We've been sitting at Starbucks. I've been talking to these two pilots, John and Tom. They're American airline pilots. And I talked to him for like an hour. It was just the coolest, coolest thing. I just took an interest in them and started talking to them about, you know, flying and their life. And John is up here this weekend helping his uh, 80 and 81-year-old parents move back down to Miami. They've lived here for 27 years. His father, um, his name is, I think, Stanley. And he's been the guy who kind of has been a big contributor to the Decatur Youth Symphony. And anyhow, just a really, really cool thing, man. And, and they got to ask me a little bit about what I was doing. I got to share with them a little bit about my, my walk with God. And I showed them the website and what I do. And I showed them the picture that my uncle, the end was, my uncle was an American Airlines pilot. So I said, oh, take a look at this. This is my, my uncle. And he'd been flying with American Airlines since 1970, this guy John. So he said he thought my uncle looked familiar. And... That was just a a wonderful icebreaker for us. And I got to, again, show these guys who don't know the Lord um, my website and what I do. And they're like, so what are you doing? I said, you know, all I do is help hurting people, people that are just going through tough stuff in life. And he says, man, I wish my son were here. He needs to talk to you. And I said, well, here. And I gave them my story cards and said, man, when you guys are, you know, flying or you're bored or something, take a minute to take a look at this story. I think you'll really, really like it. And I, you know, had everything, lost it all, and I just was so humbled. I looked up to God and reached out for help. And so anyhow, here I'm having these this amazing conversation with these two airline pilots. And they sat there and talked to me for an hour. They showed me these really cool videos on YouTube. They had me go to YouTube and showed me these uh, airline flights that land down in Nicaragua that they have both flown into, this place called Taka or... Takanina or something like that and uh, how dangerous it is and hard because you come in and have to hang a real hard left hand turn right across these houses and trees and then you real short runway and anyhow just so blessed so blessed you know feel like I got the chance to plant some seeds with these guys today and I know that God had the appointment on his calendar and I dropped some seeds and gave him a card and just never can tell what God might turn, what God might do out of that. And uh, neat stuff, man. Really neat stuff. It's 3:24 on the 26th of May, 2014. I want to journal about my um, health. I'm having one of my days where I just feel like total lead in the behind and can't focus. Pressure in the sinus area. I have a ton, almost kind of a little bit of a sweet smell in my nostrils, just a tiny bit. I'm starting to snort a little bit. I've taken uh, my nose on the right side was kind of stopped up today as all you know regularly, and then I I squirted the dimista, the the steroid thing in there, and of course I took an allergy pill this morning. But I just feel so like out of it, like lethargic. I don't know how to explain it. It's like I think it's like in a fog. I feel like I could just shake my head and smack my face and get out of it. It's like my mind and body are just trapped in this slug. It's just, I don't know how, it's just weird. And I got so frustrated. I got on my knees and I just begged the Lord. I'm like, God, please help me with this, Lord. He said, it makes me hate my life. 
<clears throat> when I feel like this, this almost always only lasts for a day. Somehow or another, going to sleep and then waking up the next day, I can, after a day of feeling like this, I usually wake up the next day and about mid-morning I'm going, yay, I feel so great and I'll just feel fantastic because I don't have this cannonball in the behind feeling. And I don't know what it is that causes this, but I'm going now to the hill to try to run and I'm going to see if by running, if I can do anything to get adrenaline or anything that can overcome this, but my sinuses definitely feel off. So whatever this is, it always is associated with my sinuses. It always either has to do with me having, you know, snorting, sniffling, running nose stuff or coughing because there's mucus, you know, in my lungs from overnight or my right nostril. Is it closes off and I can't breathe through it. I just, it's like I feel like I want to do something, but I can't because I don't have any energy. Just thinking about doing work or anything, I just go, no, I can't do that. And so then I try to watch TV, which I don't like watching TV at all. And the only thing I can ever watch is like a 2020 or a Jesus movie or something. And then after about an hour of that, I'm like, I feel like I want to go somewhere. Like I need to, I can't just sit here. I, I do not like just sitting when I don't feel well. But then I'm right back to, but I don't feel well enough. It's just such a weird, weird thing. <laughs> I've been like this for years. I just get so tired. I'm thinking about all the times I tell the kids, no, daddy just needs to take a nap. And I can never figure out what it is I've tried to change and get rid of coffee I've tried to change and get rid of different diet things carbohydrates and I don't know the best I ever felt was two weeks when I wasn't taking very many carbohydrates that was definitely the best I ever felt but then I feel like I've tried it again and I didn't have such good results so like right now I could just totally like close my eyes and go to sleep. It's weird. Really weird and frustrating. Oh my goodness, is this frustrating to have this feeling. Oh.